0: Hey, family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me, amen, to Luke chapter 2. Amen, Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read in your hearing two verses of scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 20, or Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. Amen. When you have it, I want you to say, I got it. Amen. If you're still looking, don't trip. We brought a Bible to you. It's on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Everyone say Simeon. And it had been revealed. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 25 again. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout and looking for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject. It's got to happen. Yeah, it's got to happen. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now by way of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. Amen. It's got to happen. Amen. The whole of our faith rests on this simple truth. God always keeps his word. Yeah, no matter the obstacles that seem to stand in the way, no matter how much time has passed. And even when our faith has wavered, God will always keep his word. As a matter of fact, you and I are still saved, not because of any goodness of our own, but we are saved in spite of the crazy things that we've done, even since we've been on the Lord's side. When God should have let us go, he held on to us, not because we were good enough to be held on to, but because God will always keep his word. And if you will look back on the cor- over the course of your life, you'll be able to testify that even though we've been let down in life and lied to by people, the beautiful reality of our lives is that no matter who may have let us down, we didn't lose our minds because we serve a promise-keeping God. But even though we serve a promise-keeping God, the problem is God does not always bring the promise to pass as quickly as we would like for him to. So oftentimes we find ourselves standing with a word, waiting on God to do what he promised. And the trick of the enemy is to make us believe that because so much time has passed since God has made the promise, that somehow God has forgotten about us and he's no longer going to do what he said. Has anybody ever been there? Have you ever felt like you heard God speak something to your spirit? You heard God promise you something, but so much time has passed and you're going through so much hell that now you're wondering if God is still going to do what he said. And I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how connected to God you claim to be waiting will always challenge your faith waiting will make you wonder whether or not god cares about what you're going through right now waiting will have you asking the question of whether or not you really heard god or if this is something that you made up and fabricated in your mind and even though in my heart i know that god is a promise keeping god waiting has a way of making us ask the question is it really going to happen but even though waiting has a way of making us doubt whether or not God is going to do what he said, if we belong to him, we have to hold on to the reality that in spite of how long it's taken, in spite of how much hell I'm going through while I'm waiting, we still serve a promise keeping God. And if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. I know that's hard for you to believe right now because of where you are. We're almost through another year and there were promises that we're still waiting on. There were new New Year's resolutions that we made this time last year, declarations that we made, promises that we made, goals that we put on our vision board that are yet to be fulfilled. But if you belong to God, you got to still believe that God is going to keep His word. I know that waiting is hard, and that your money is messed up while you're waiting on a financial breakthrough. I know that your mind might be frustrated because you're trying to make sense of a jacked up life while you're waiting on God to give you some peace. I know know you're trying to show up to church and praise God when you're really not feeling it and you're waiting on a breakthrough but you've got to believe that no matter how long God has to sustain you and no matter what God has to sustain you through if God made you a promise then it's got to happen because our God is a promise keeping God you're not excited about it yet but I wish you'd get it in your spirit that the nature of God that the character of God is that God is a Promise keeper. God will always keep his word. God is never going to let you down. God is never going to fail you. God is never going to walk away from you. God is never going to leave something that he's spoken over your life unfulfilled. God says, If I said it, I'm going to bring it to pass. If God made you a promise, then it's got to happen. And beloved, even if you don't realize it, this is the reality of Christmas. Christmas for the believer is. Is simply a time for us to celebrate that two thousand years ago when earth was in need of a savior divinity and humanity came together in the womb of a virgin from nazareth and manifested in a manger in bethlehem because god made a promise to save his people and god will always keep his word we serve a promise keeping god so if he said it then it's got to happen and this is the truth of christianity this is the truth of our lives and whether you know it or not beloved this is the truth of our text because this text in luke's gospel almost gets lost if you read it too quickly and most people don't even think of it as a christmas par passage or to read it in conjunction with the Christmas story but nestled next to the nativity in Luke chapter 2 is the story of an old man a baby and a promise-keeping God when we come to our text most of what we know as the Christmas story beloved has already happened Joseph and Mary have already made their way to Bethlehem the manger had already become Mary's birthing chamber angels had already sang their songs and shepherds and kings had already come to worship uh, the newborn Christ. And now when we get to chapter two, Mary and Joseph are bringing baby Jesus to the temple as their firstborn son so that he can be dedicated to the Lord according to the law of Moses. But before that happens, Luke takes the time to introduce us to a new character in the Christmas story that we may, may not have ever heard of before. And it is an old man by the name of Simeon. But Simeon, beloved, is not just any man. He is a man who has been patiently waiting on a promise keeping God look at what Luke says about him in verse 25 and 26 he says now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was righteous and devout waiting on the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit somebody say the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit somebody say the Holy Spirit That he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The Bible said that Simeon is a man who has been providentially protected by God because God has made him a promise. And as we peek in on this particular passage of scripture, we're able to see proof through the life of Simeon that no matter how long God has to keep us and no matter what God has to keep us through, if God made us a promise, it's got to happen. Somebody say it's got to happen yeah it's got to happen I've got three reasons why it's got to happen I'm in my seat uh the first reason why it's got to happen beloved is because I have not abandoned my anticipation yeah it's got to happen because I have not abandoned my anticipation let me say it again it has got to happen why pastor Josh because in spite of all the hell I've gone through I have not abandoned my anticipation look at how Luke describes Simeon he tells us that Simeon was a devout man. He tells Simeon Tells us Simeon was a righteous man. He even tells us that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. But the most interesting thing that Luke says about Simeon is that Simeon, check this out, was looking for the consolation of Israel. God help me. Uh, He was looking, God help me, for the consolation of Israel. Now the consolation of Israel was a way that the people of God would refer to the coming of the Christ. Uh, Israel believed that their situation had deteriorated so badly politically, economically, and spiritually that only God's anointed Christ could turn their situation around. Israel needed a peace and a consolation that no president, no political leader, no social activist, no religious zealot or military commander could bring. And Luke tells us that Simeon was looking, God help me, there's that word again, for God to do what he said. God help me. What is interesting now about Simeon's anticipation is that it It it, it was able to survive even in an atmosphere that should have killed it. God help me. Uh, Simeon is going through something in his life. Israel is under harsh Roman occupation. The economic system, God help me, has fallen apart. They they now have to share their land with people who don't obey and worship their God. And they're under Roman captivity every day of their lives. There was a twisted government. There was social unrest. The religious system had been taken care of or taken over by priests who had more loyalty to a corrupt ruler than to their God. But in spite of this reality, Simeon still maintains his anticipation because his anticipation, hear me, is not connected to the details of his situation, but rather his anticipation is connected to his faith that no matter how bad it looks, God is going to do what he said. And this should be the declaration of every believer in the building today. I don't care how bad my situation looks i'm still looking for god to do what he said notice he did not say he was waiting for the consolation of israel the bible says he was looking god help me for the consolation of israel when someone is waiting that is passive that means they're sitting down waiting on the bus waiting for a ride sitting at a table waiting for their food to come out from the kitchen but when you're looking for something you can't look and be complacent you can't look and be still you have have to have a sense of anticipation to be looking for something and is there anybody here who can say my faith has matured to the place where I'm no longer waiting on God. I'm looking for God. God help me. I, I, I'm looking for him. I'm, I'm trying to find him. I'm, I, I'm, I'm on the search for this blessing. I'm on the search for this miracle and this should be how every believer feels in times like these. No matter how crazy life may be, no matter how high the odds are stacked against you, you've got to refuse to lose your anticipation don't let life the world the flesh and the devil steal your anticipation from you don't let your heartache your headache god help me the things that you are going through in life don't let it steal your anticipation from you whatever you're going through if god's going to do it it is important that you do not lose your anticipation but not only Is it going to happen because I have not abandoned my expect, my anticipation, uh, but it's got to happen, beloved, because I am a product of God's preservation. Look, I, I am a product of God's preservation. It's got to happen because I am a product of God's preservation. God has kept me yeah 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 it's got to happen because God has kept me and, and and if God has kept me he doesn't just keep me for the sake of keeping me but he keeps me for a reason if you were done you'd be dead but the fact that you're still alive that's proof to the positive that God still has something he wants to do in your life if you still have breath in your body if you still have something on the inside oh God that 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 keeps making your heart beat that keeps in infl- inflating your lungs with air Then that means that because God has preserved you, he still got work for you. God, look at look at Simeon's life. The text tells us in verse 26 that it had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he saw the lord's christ god help me Uh, this this is important because the text does not tell us how old simeon is but we can assume that simeon was an old man who had seen some things in his lifetime but the beauty of simeon's life was that in spite of all that he had seen god preserved him so that he could see the fulfillment of the promise god help me you don't get it yet god preserved simeon so that simeon could see the fulfillment of the promise because in order for god to keep his word he had to also keep Simeon God help me it wasn't enough for God to send the Christ but God had to sustain Simeon until Simeon could see the Christ God help me so not only is God a keeper of his word but God is the keeper of the one who receives his word God help me not only does God keep his word but God keeps me and that's a word for you and me because as the world seems to be spiraling out of control and all this talk of impeachment and wars and rumors of wars as we are confronted daily with the challenges and struggles that seem as if they're designed to destroy us as a child of God you ought to be able to face the struggles of life with confidence because you know that where you are is not where you're going to end up because God still has something to show you there is more ministry in you there is more service in you there's a greater level of sanctification in you There's still a child that's yet to come to Christ a marriage that is yet to be put back together and no matter how the the circumstances of your life may be. You need to be able to stand up straight under the pressure of life and declare like Paul in Romans that I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that's about to be revealed in us. No matter how dark your days may be, no matter how difficult your dilemma is, you will not die until God has kept his word to you. God will preserve you until the day you are able to see his promise but not only does God have to keep me Uh to keep his word God's got to keep his word to keep his word you don't get it God had to protect Simeon but at the time of the text uh, Jesus had been alive for eight days yeah the time of the text Jesus had been alive for eight days but from the day he was born from the day his birth was prophesied something was trying to kill him yeah God had made Simeon a promise and while life was trying to take Simeon out life was also trying to take out Simeon's promise but God had to keep Simeon To keep his promise, but he also had to keep the promise to keep his promise. God help me, you don't get it yet. Because some of you are crazy enough to think that God is going to protect you but you got to protect the promise god help me but god said i am not just the keeper of the one who received my word but god says i will watch over my own word to perform it god help me god said that the same way a eagle guards her nest i'm watching over my word to perform it now some of us may not get that but some mother understands that that the same way a protective mother a helicopter mother a mother like my wife or my mother-in-law hovers over their children god help me Uh, God says I watch over my word like that to make sure don't nothing happen to it God says not only am I protecting you but I'm protecting the promise and I know you don't see it but let me help you Herod tried to kill Jesus but God sent him to Egypt to hide out uh, in in Egypt until after he had grown God help me Uh, God Herod was trying to send wise men uh, to try to tell him where the baby was but the wise men God forgive them, lied and said we didn't see the baby God said that all Jesus life something was trying to take him out but God said not only do you have a date with Calvary but you got a date with a man named Simeon that I said can't die until he sees you so not only will God keep you but God is going to keep his promise God help me that's why beloved you don't have to worry about anybody getting blessed before you that's why you don't have to compare yourself with anybody else that's why you don't have to get upset when God begins to do something and move in the life of other people because not only is God keeping you but he's watching over his word to you and can't nobody get what God has designed for you if it's yours you gonna have it God help me a lot of babies were being presented in the temple that day but it wasn't this baby a lot of babies had been preserved for eight days but it wasn't the newborn Christ a lot of people had dates that day to meet someone that they never met before but it wasn't this meeting because God said I'm keeping Simeon and I'm also keeping something for Simeon. God help me. And you ought to be able to shout because not only is God keeping you in this season, but he's keeping something that he's prepared for you. Oh God, now if you don't have anything coming, if God hasn't said anything to you, then you can't get excited about that. But if you know for a fact that there is a blessing with your name on it, that there is a promise that you're waiting on God to fulfill, that there is something that you need God to do, you ought to be able to shout because he's not just keeping me he's keeping his word to me yeah yeah Yeah, god i'm a product of god's preservation yeah god is keeping me but he's also keeping his word to me so it's got to happen number one uh Because I haven't abandoned my expectation. It's got to happen, number two, because I am a product of God's preservation. Number three, it's got to happen, hear this, because God's spirit is in operation. Yeah, God's spirit is in operation. Look at verse 27. It says, and he came in the spirit to the temple. Yeah. He came in the spirit to the temple. Luke is different than the rest of the gospel writers uh, because Luke was not a follower of Jesus while Jesus was alive. Luke's gospel is his account of the life of Christ as it was relayed to him by his pastor Paul and the rest of the apostles. Luke is... uh, Luke's story then uh, with Jesus does not begin at Lazarus. It does not begin at the twelve, at the the two fish and the five loaves of bread. It doesn't even begin at the calling of the twelve. Luke tells a complete story because he's hearing it from other people. But as Luke writes, He emphasizes something that none of the other gospel writers emphasize. Luke emphasizes the movement, the presence, and the activity of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why Luke emphasizes this is because Luke does not have a a Mark 4 conversion. Luke does not have a Matthew 18 conversion. Luke has an Acts chapter 2 conversion. Luke joined the church after the Holy Ghost came at the day of Pentecost so while the New Testament writers Matthew, Mark and John emphasize their eyewitness accounts of their experience with Christ Luke now exhibits or tells his story through the lens of one who understands how important the Holy Ghost is because Luke says look he was a devout man he was righteous and the Holy Ghost was on him and the Holy Ghost was talking to him and in verse 27 when the Holy Ghost spoke again it told him to come to church God help me you don't you missed it he said the Holy Ghost was on him the Holy Ghost talked to him and the Holy Ghost told him to come to church God help me oh God the Holy Ghost was on him the Holy Ghost was talking to him and when Sunday they came. The Holy Ghost didn't tell them to stay in bed and watch streaming. The Holy Ghost didn't tell him to get a word his way. The Holy Ghost said, get up and come to church. And I'm tired of folk who claim to have the Holy Ghost but their Holy Ghost don't tell them to get up and come to church. Yeah. Yeah. Simeon says, look, I know that you've been waiting on God for a long time. I know uh, that you've been wanting God to do something. But if you're anything like me, the Holy Ghost in me said, even though God hasn't done it yet, I still got to get up and come to church. God help me. The Holy Ghost told Simeon, look, even though it hasn't come yet. Get up and go to church. You don't get it yet. Uh, When you look at this in the original language of the text, what it's telling you is the Holy Ghost did not break Simeon's habit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, It wasn't like on this particular day after not going to church for a minute, the Holy Ghost told Simeon to get up and go. But what it's saying is Simeon already had a practice of getting up out of the bed and going into corporate worship. But on this particular day when he went, the Holy Ghost told him something special is going to happen today. God, help me. Oh, God, uh, I know you've been going, Simeon, uh, for all of these years waiting to see something that you never saw. But today, God, help me, something special is going to happen. And, and I like the fact that Simeon kept going to church because unless. Let me know that even though God has uh, not come through for me today, uh, I don't come to church because of what I expect to get from God. I come to church because God is worthy of my praise and my worship. And if I could use for a moment my sanctified imagination, I believe that if Simeon had walked into church and the Christ child hadn't been there, Simeon still would have gave his sacrifice. He still would have lifted his hands. He still would have gave his offering. He still would have sang his songs of praise because I'm not coming to church based off of what God is going to do for me. I'm coming to church because it's the, it's the Lord's church. It's his temple. That's where I meet with God and he can console me even while I'm waiting on the promise. Yeah. Uh, Simeon came to church under the prompting of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's what verse 27 is saying. He's saying he came into the temple in the spirit. Oh, God, help me. Uh, not only does this paint for us a picture of how Simeon is persistent in coming to worship, even though God has not yet done what Simeon is waiting for him to do Simeon is not a spoiled brat he's not a a trifling Christian that only comes when he feels like he's going to get his blessing but even when his blessing hasn't come he's been disappointed for years to some degree he still finds a way to make it into the house of God it's not because he's weak minded it's not because he's slow it's not because he doesn't understand he's mature enough to understand that if God never does anything else for me he's already done enough he comes in the spirit to the temple in spite of frustration in spite of disappointment in spite of seeing the Rome soldiers mistreat the women of Israel in spite of seeing an unjust governor rule taxes over God's people and in spite of seeing all of the wickedness in the Sanhedrin and in the high priest he still comes to the temple God help me he he doesn't care who's there that's not right he says I've got to be there because I'm right with God I I don't care what kind of hypocrites are there I don't care what kind of issues are in the temple if God tells me to go I'm going to show up this is what Simeon says. Yeah, he says, I'm coming in the spirit to the temple. The Holy Spirit, literally, Joe, draws him into the temple. So this is not just a a picture then, Sherrod, of persistent corporate worship. But this is also a picture of salvation. Because the Bible says that Simeon, in order to be saved, had to meet the Lord's Christ. God help me. Yeah, yeah. In order for Simeon to be saved, he had to meet The Lord's Christ. Uh, But the only way he could meet the Lord's Christ. uh, Would be if the Lord told him. Where the Lord's Christ was. Simeon didn't have the capacity to find the Lord's Christ. He did not know where his parents were. He did not know what he looked like. He did not know what his mama name was. He had to find. The only way for Simeon to find the Lord. Was for the Lord to draw him to the place. Where the Lord was. And so the Bible says. To meet the Lord he had to be drawn by the Holy Spirit hold on I'm gonna come get you Uh, he says in order for Simeon to meet Jesus in order for Simeon to have a relationship that would transform his life and revolutionize his salvific understanding of the Lord in order for Simeon to have his life rearranged forever he had to meet God but Simeon did not have the capacity in and of himself to meet God so how do I meet God when I don't have the power to meet God the Holy Spirit draws me God help me to the place where God is God help me that's what Paul says in Ephesians he says you were dead in trespasses and sin that there was no hope for you apart from God but God God help me is there anybody here who has a but God testimony being rich in mercy God help me uh, with the love where which he loved us drew us although we were dead in trespasses and sin out of death in sin to new life in Christ Jesus. Simeon, if you're going to meet God, you need the Holy Ghost. So the only way you can get here is if the Holy Ghost draws you. Let me help somebody that's been praying for somebody to get saved. It's not your evangelism that's going to save them. It's not your talk that's going to save them. You're not going to be able to convince anybody that they need to try God. The only way that people get saved is by the Holy Ghost working on the heart of a man, awakening them to their need of a savior and letting them hear that there is a blood filled fountain, God help me drawn from Emmanuel's vein, God said that if you're going to meet me the Holy Ghost has to draw you God help me, let me put a pen here oh God and pitch a parenthetical tent for a moment, that's why I don't understand preachers who say they believe the gospel but don't believe in the power of the Holy Ghost uh, because that makes me feel like you think you're preaching saves people. That makes me think musician if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost you think your singing is what saves people. Oh but if there's anybody here like me who ain't got a hood testimony, who don't have a testimony of being from the projects or from the gutter but you were like me, you are a church kid. You were born on the back pew and all kinds of preaching and singing went over your head but you still live like hell in the devil. God said the Holy Ghost had to get a hold of you. Oh God that's why I'm not tripping up here. When I have have a bad sermonic day i might go home and talk to my wife about it but at the end of the day i know there's nothing i can say that can save you god has to draw you and all i can do is tell the story about jesus christ because when the holy spirit draws you and you get ready to call paul said in romans how can they call upon him whom they have not heard oh god and how can they hear without a preacher now blessed are the feet god help me or how beautiful the old King James says, are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace. God said if you're going to get saved, it's going to take the Holy Ghost. If you're going to come to Jesus, it's going to take the Holy Ghost. If you're going to meet the Lord God, oh God, the Lord's Christ, the Greeks called him the Curious Christos. If you're going to meet the theanthropic incarnation of the Lord God, then the Holy Spirit has to draw you. It's not going to be your intellect. It's not going to be your prayer life. It's not going to be your fasting it's not going to be the songs you know it's going to be the Holy Ghost he says now Simeon is drawn by the Spirit into the temple God help me I feel it now he says he's drawn by the prompting of the Holy Ghost Simeon needed to meet the Lord Oh God, but the only way he could find him was if God intervened. And tugged on Simeon's heart and led him to the place where he could encounter God. God help me. Oh God. Now the thing I love about the Holy Spirit's operation in the text is that Simeon does not have to remind God about God's promise. God help me. Simeon didn't wake up and decide that it was a good day to meet Jesus. God help me. Simeon met the Savior not because of anything he did himself, but because God intervened. And whether you know it or not, beloved, that is the testimony of every believer in the building. This is a a picture of how God draws sinners to himself. Hear me clearly. You are not saved because of your desire to be saved. But you are saved through the divine initiation of God the Holy Spirit. We were lost. We were in sin. And we were in desperate need of an encounter with Christ. But like Simeon, we did not have the ability to meet God on our own. So the Holy Spirit drew us not into a temple with hands, But into the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like Simeon beloved was drawn by the spirit into the temple. I believe that God is still drawing people to himself. This means that that lost relative or friend that you've been witnessing to and not making any progress with that person that you shared the gospel with. And it seems like they rejected you and your message. You don't have to be discouraged about it because God is still moving by his spirit. God is still leading people. And the same way God drew Simeon and the same way God drew you and God drew me, he is still working to divinely initiate transformation in the lives of those that he has chosen. Simeon then, beloved, is proof to us that when it's time for someone to meet God, we don't have to worry about them missing their appointment. But when it's time for them to see the Savior, just like Simeon, they will be led by By God's spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. Look, he says, it's got to happen. Number one, because I have not abandoned my expectation, my anticipation. I have not abandoned my anticipation. Number two, it's got to happen because I'm a product of God's preservation. He's kept me. Yeah, in spite of what I've gone through, he's kept me. And not only has he kept me, he kept the thing that he promised to me. So not only am I going to be straight, but my promise is going to be all right. So it doesn't matter how many positions are getting filled at that company. If God told me I'm going to work there, when I get ready to apply and I submit my resume, there's going to be an opening there for me because God ain't just keeping me through school, through student loans, through stress, through anxiety and depression and pressure. He's also keeping the thing that he promised me. Oh God, I'm a product of God's preservation. But then thirdly, it's got to happen because God's spirit is in operation. There is something moving behind the scenes. There is something happening behind the scenes of life and it's not man-made manipulation but it is the operation of God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is working on this thing to make sure that it comes to pass. God, the Holy Spirit the same Holy Spirit that was active over the deep in creation the same Holy Spirit that descended on Jesus Christ like a dove the same Holy Spirit that rested on Samson and Gideon and Barak and Deborah and Elijah and Elisha the same Spirit that filled John the Baptist is working behind the scene to make sure that Simeon meets his appointment with God and God says the Holy Spirit didn't stop working at the end of Revelation the Holy Spirit is still working right now to make sure that you meet the appointment that I have set for your life you're not going to miss the appointment because when it's your time if you're hearing the Holy Ghost God said I'm going to make sure that you make it where you're supposed to get so it's got to happen because I haven't abandoned my, ex- my anticipation it's got to happen because I am a product of God's preservation it's got to happen because God's spirit is in operation uh, but then fourthly and I'm done when it happens it's going to defy my wildest expectations yeah <sighs> I, I I got to make sure that I read this slow, Coriana, because I want them to get it right. I I really want you all to get it. Um, verse twenty-eight, right? It's on the screen. It says, then he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, "Okay, you missed it. Let me read it again." Yeah, yeah he he says, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said okay maybe I read too much then he took him into his arms oh okay um, notice that the hymn is a capital H I am and the his is a lowercase h-i-s. Which means. That lowercase Simeon. Took an uppercase God. Into his arms. Uh, give me a moment. I, I, I got to come back to that. Uh, here is. The blessing of the text. God's promise was not that Simeon would touch the promise. But God's word was that he wouldn't die until he saw it. God help me. Because he lived looking. God help me. But he had to see. God help me. That's a whole other message. That that, that you can be looking for something but you got to see something. God help me. Uh, he, uh, he He said I spent my life looking but God promised one day I would stop looking and I would see. And when I saw then I'd die. But let me tell you how good God is. Verse 28 does not say that Simeon simply laid his eyes on the promise. But verse 28 says That he took him into his arms. God help me. So he didn't just lay his eyes on the promise. But he put his hands on the promise. Now Sherrod I got a whole bunch of problems with that. Uh, The problem that I have with that. Is you got two brand new parents. They've never had a baby before. They had a traumatic birth cycle. They've had a traumatic uh, uh, gestation period. People been trying to kill him. Uh, Simeon does not walk up on the parents. And introduce himself as somebody who's been waiting. The Bible says that Simeon sees the baby and grabs the baby and Mary don't cuss him out Joseph don't try to cut him uh, it's because when God has ordained for you to put your hands on something the defense mechanisms that would keep other people out God help me will welcome you in so that you can put your hands on something think of how many other people had tried to coochie coo and touch on Jesus and Mary said no thank you uh, do you have sanitizer you haven't washed your hands no you may not hold it but all of a sudden this old man that she's never seen before walks upon him to see something that he He's been wanting to see all his life and then her guard comes down and Simeon reaches down and lifts up the God, help me. He he lifts up the baby. Now here here is the thing that blesses me. Uh, What blesses me is that in this moment, God is so great that he allows Simeon to hold the God that is holding his salvation. God, help me. Uh, God allows Simeon to take up into his arms the thing that would one day take Simeon up into his arms. God, help me. God says, I'm so big and so bad that I'll let you hold me even though I know I'm going to end up holding you. God, help me. And is there anybody here who felt like you were holding on to God but when you went through trouble you realized that it was God that was holding on to you, God, help me. God said, this is a season of your life, beloved. Well, I'm not just going to let you look at blessings, but I'm going to let you hold it in your hand. God, help me. Oh, God, I wish somebody would get excited about that. I wish we could have Stowfront Church in this cafetorium for just a moment. Uh, grab somebody by the hand. Grab somebody and tell them, God's going to let you put your hands on it. Oh, God, that's the wrong neighbor. Because if that was the right neighbor, they would have torn that row up. Look at somebody and say, you're not just going to see it with your eyes. But you're going to put your hands on it. Oh God, you're not just going to see money in your bank account. But you're going to walk up to the bank and make a withdrawal. And it ain't going to be a mistake. You're going to put your hands on it. Oh God, you ain't just going to rub your belly. But you're going to hold a baby. You're not just going to drive by houses. But you're going to live in a new house. You're not just going to look at a new job on the internet. But God says, you're going to put your hands on it. Now the thing about God. that I love is that God would have been good to just keep his word as a matter of fact if Simeon just saw Jesus and Mary and Joseph didn't let him touch him Simeon would have been just as glad oh God to not touch him but God is so great that he says I'm going to blow your mind because you've been waiting on me so long because you've been coming to church embarrassed because you've been worshiping while you're wounded because you've been giving me a hallelujah while you're hurting because people have been making fun of you, Simeon, asking you, why are you still looking for God to do something? Why are you still waiting on the Lord? Why are you still coming to church on time? Why are you still serving? Why are you still giving your time? It don't make any sense. Everybody around you has died. All your classmates and coworkers and homies have gone on to be with God. You're the only one still living. God says, for your shame, Simeon. I'm not just going to let you look at the promise, but I'm going to let you hold it in your hand. I got to quit. Uh, I got to quit now. Uh, But look, not only does Simeon get to hold it in his hand, but what shouts me is what he does when it gets in his hand. The Bible says that once the thing he had been waiting for, went out of his speculation into his possession god help me god brought it out of vision into reality he brought it out of word into manifestation once god put the thing that he had been waiting for in his hand he didn't take the thing that he had been waiting for and run off somewhere with it but the bible says he took him into his hand and blessed god god help me oh Oh God help me I I got I wish I had some real folk in here today because uh, we all know somebody that said that when they got blessed they were gonna bless God but once they got blessed we ain't see him no more God help me oh God and I feel like that wasn't even your real blessing that was just your test blessing God help me that was just a test for God to see where your heart was but the Bible says Simeon had been waiting for the majority of his life to see the Lord and when he got what he wanted he paused there Lord have mercy uh, and bless the Lord God help me and I just got a question for somebody what are you gonna do God help me when God finally puts it in your hand are you gonna run to spend it are you gonna hurry up and put it in the bank are you gonna do like Simeon and Pauls and thank God for keeping his word God help me look at what Simeon says and I'm in my seat Simeon says when he blesses the Lord because you got to understand now that whenever the Bible says that somebody blesses the Lord there's either a song or an offering God help me there is no empty-handed blessing of the Lord either you're lifting up your voice or you're giving some seed God says when you bless me you either got to sow something or you got to say something and so Simeon says look I don't got an offering big enough to put on this but I do have a song and Simeon says in verse 29 now Lord God help me you are releasing your bond servant to depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation god help me oh god look here i got to bless you with something oh god i didn't want to go here uh but i got to go here so i can do justice to the text he says now lord you are releasing your bond servant to depart how in peace god help me somebody say in peace yeah in peace say it again say in peace Luke now you got to understand Luke was Paul's personal physician Paul was Luke's spiritual father so this word Maya that he uses for peace in Luke chapter 2 verse 29 is the same word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 5 verse number 3 where he says therefore being justified by faith we now have peace God help me with God it is not simply shalom but it is right standing with God Oh, he is talking about, he's talking about, he's talking about salvation. God help me. Oh, but this blew my mind, Kristen. I didn't understand how in the world is Simeon thanking God for salvation when the thing that purchased our salvation, God help me, had not happened yet. Jesus is not three. He is not 30. He is not 33. And he does not die until he's 33. And even Paul, Luke's spiritual father says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. He's saying that, 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 that God, you're allowing me to depart in right standing. Oh, God. How does he do it? It's in verse 30. He says, for my eyes have seen. Your salvation. God, help me. Oh, God, I, I didn't want to be too theological. I don't want to blow your mind, but I got to help you for just a moment. Uh, uh, the cross, beloved, J. Vernon McGee, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, great, great Bible teacher from, from Los Angeles, California, says uh, that the cross was not an ambulance sent to the scene of a wreck. That God did not respond to sin With the cross. But the lamb, Revelation says, was slain before the foundation of the world. God, help me. So Jesus was born slain. God, help me. Oh, God, he he was born in the manger, slain already for our sins. God, help me. This is the principle now of kingdom. Kingdom means that we're waiting on the earth to catch up. With where God already is. God, help me. God is not about to do anything. God, help me. God has already done everything. As a matter of fact, he finished creation, came back and said, it's all good. God, help me. God says everything that I need to do, I've already done. And I'm just waiting for you to catch up with the fact that it's already done. That's what Simeon says. Simeon says, look, I know what's got to happen in order for it to be done on the earth. But the same way God kept his promise to let me see, God is going to keep his promise to get him all the way to Calvary. God, help me. Uh, Simeon says, I'm able now to depart with faith that God is going to do what he's saying. Listen, not just for me, but for everybody else that's connected to me. He tells Simeon, he says, look, or Simeon tells us, he says, look, God. I'm ready to go now. You're letting me depart in peace. Oh, God, help me. Because I've seen your salvation. I've laid my eyes on it. I've put my hands on it. And because I've put my eyes and my hands on it, I know that you're going to do everything else you said you would do. Here is my problem with Christians. We've seen God do so much. And yet when God asks us to trust him for a big thing, we get scared, even though he's already done more than he should have done for us in the first place. Oh, God, help me. You're you're, you're mad because God is asking you to serve more than you're serving now. But you forget That he shouldn't have kept you alive in the first place. God help me. Uh, You're tripping because it seems like he's demanding more of your financial resources. But what you don't get is that's not your money anyway. Because you should have been dead. God help me. And I think that when, when we look at Simeon's life. Simeon said God if I can trust you. For nativity, God help me. If I can trust you for the manger, then I can, let, I can live or I can die trusting that you're going to get the baby to Calvary. Listen to me. God works miracles. Not so that you can shout. But God works miracles so that you can trust that he is a promise keeping God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the reason why God comes through for you is not because God likes your singing. It's not because God is after your song. He loves your worship. But that's not why he does it. He does it because he's adding things to his divine resume. So that in the future, when he asks you to trust him, you'll be able to look at his resume and see what he's done and trust him for more. Okay, Uh, y'all don't get it this way. Let me explain it to you this way. Uh, we were saved on cash God saved Simeon on credit yeah and the reason why he was able to save us on cash is because when we got here there was already a crucifixion and a resurrection yeah but he saved Simeon on a promise and so Simeon now, the way credit works is, uh, I evaluate your credit worthiness based on how well you've paid your obligations in the past. If you've met your obligations perfectly in the past, then you are worthy then to be trusted with new credit here in the present. God says, look at me, Simeon. I'll run my credit report and see if I'm able to be trusted. And so Simeon says, look, well, you've made good on every promise. you made good on this promise. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to go to sleep. God help me. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to wake up in heaven because you're a promise keeping God. You missed it. Simeon said look, when he said now you can allow your servant servant to depart in peace, he wasn't saying I'm going home to take a nap. Simeon said I'm going to sleep with my ancestors. He said I'm I'm going to the grave site. You you understand? I'm going to memorial. I'm going to lay down and go to sleep with my fathers. And I'm going to trust that because of this baby, when you call for me to wake up, first Thessalonians, when you descend from heaven with a shout, I'm trusting that I'm going to get up with everybody else that has put their faith in this child. God help me. Uh, notice now Simeon has no fish and loaves to trust in. God help me. He has no recently opened eyes or unstopped deaf ears to trust in. He has not seen Lazarus get up from the dead. Simeon is looking at an eight-day-old, funny-looking, newborn baby. God help me. And he's putting his trust in him because God said he's the one that's going to deliver. And I got a problem with church folk. If Simeon can look at a baby and trust him, how come you can't trust a full-grown Christ? God help me. Uh, how come you can't put your trust In a full grown savior. How come you can't trust God. To do what he said. God says that Simeon. Uh Praises God. I'm done. I gotta quit. He praises God. Uh Because God. Has exceeded his expectations. God is letting him depart in peace. And he says. I'm gonna bless God. And he lifts up one of the. The, the, the last Christmas hymn in the Bible, the last hymn around the birth of Christ in the Bible. And his song is a reminder to us, beloved, that no matter what obstacles stand in the way, no matter how much time has passed since the proclamation of the promise, God will always keep his word. Okay. Ah. Uh, I got to close. Let me close like this. I, was, I, was, I kept my kids uh, home this week. I didn't send them to daycare. They got out of school on Wednesday. I decided I was going to keep them for the rest of the week. On Friday, I took them to the movies uh, to see a movie and I knew that they were hungry because we got up early in the morning to see the movie. We went and saw the movie at like 9.45 because I didn't want it was opening weekend. I didn't want uh, to deal with traffic uh, my kids asked me for popcorn in the movies. Uh, I knew that they wasn't gonna eat it, so I let them split one popcorn. We get out the movies, Jackie. I know they're hungry. Uh, so uh I asked them what they want to eat. My daughter says what she always says. My son says, I want McDonald's. I realize that I got an errand that I need to run. And so I tell my kids, I'm gonna take them to McDonald's. Right? So to Mia chills out because she's been rocking with daddy for about six years. She understands how I move. So she lays her head back and goes to sleep. My son is hungry. So he's in the seat tripping because he sees me not just drive past one McDonald's Mm -hmm. but then I take a right and I drive past another McDonald's. Then I get on 295 and he sees McDonald's on road signs, on exits and I'm not going by any of those McDonald's to get them something to eat and my son uh, is tripping because he's in the seat and he's hungry and he starts saying stuff like Um, Daddy, there's a McDonald's right there. And I said, I know, son, I see it. And we drive a little bit more, Kristen. He says, um, Daddy, there's a McDonald's right there. There McDonald's go, Daddy. I see it right there. I said, yeah, I know, son. It's right there. He says, after a little while, he starts saying, Daddy, I'm big hungry. Uh, I, I, Daddy, I'm I, 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 I big hungry. I'm really, really hungry. I said, okay, son, give me just a minute. I've got to go somewhere. Uh, as a matter of fact, where I'm going is going to make it possible for you to get this McDonald's that you're about to get, uh, but you got to ride with me for a little bit. So we passed by, I'm on my way uh, to the bank. And so I I passed by the bank right across the street from the bank is another McDonald's. So in order for me to get to the bank, I got to pass, not just one, not just two, not just three. This is my fifth McDonald's that I've passed. My son is sitting in the seat, tripping, crying, tears streaming down his face. Tamia looks over and says, what's wrong with you? and she he said I'm hungry and Tamiya says something that blows my mind she said didn't you hear daddy back at the movie theater say he was going to take us and get us something to eat and you started crying and I said Tomia, you heard me say that I was going to get you something to eat she's like yeah that's why I went to sleep because I knew that once you were finished doing what you were doing God help me uh, Lord, that you were going to take us to get us what you promised to give us God help me come here I don't care how long you've been sitting in the seat of expectation waiting on God to do what God promised. God says that you got to have to me a kind of faith. God help me. Uh, To sit in your seat quiet. God help me. And trust that the same father that fed you yesterday uh, and the day before that uh, and the day before that is going to make sure that you get what you need. Uh, And I got good news for you. If I being evil uh, have children that can trust me like that uh, how much more so can you trust a holy God that keeps his word to you. God help me. And that's what Christmas is all about, beloved. I got to go now. Christmas is about the fact that God will always keep His word. And you might not like my Tamia story. You might not have a story of your own. But the Bible is replete; it is full of records that show us that we serve a God that keeps his word. God help me. He kept his word to Abraham and Sarah when they pro- when he promised them a son in their old age. He kept his word to Noah when there had never been a rain cloud in the sky, but he promised to send a flood and to save Noah and his family alive. He kept his word to Moses when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and took them into the promised land. He kept his word to David when he, prom- when he promised to establish his throne forever. And as we are approach Christmas beloved uh, we uh, we celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, which is actually a demonstration of God keeping his word to his people because in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 God speaks uh, through the eagle eyed prophet and tells Israel for unto us God help me I wish I was happy a child is born uh, and unto us uh, a son is given uh, and the government shall be upon his shoulders uh, and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, uh, mighty God, uh, everlasting Father, uh, and the Prince of Peace. Uh, and the reason we celebrate Christmas uh, is not because of presents or because of Santa Claus, uh, but because we can, cel- we can celebrate Christmas uh, because we serve a promise-keeping God. Uh, and I might not know how God is going to do it, uh, but it's got to happen uh, because we serve a promise-keeping God.